Hi, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, Christmas edition. <laughs> Wait, is uh, this really going up for Christmas? This is the Tuesday before Christmas. Tuesday, Tuesday before Christmas. Merry Christmas, the, everyone. Uh, the, the Tuesday it is before Christmas. beige outside yeah. in Texas. There's probably no snow. The cactus have holly on them. I don't know. <laughs> Are we in the desert now? Te- is Texas that- Christmas is a little, a little like blah, blah when you've what come you from a winter place. It's cold right now. Hamburg? Nah. No. Okay. I'm sorry. It being 40 degrees is very cold for me. That's true. When okay. in the winter in Washington, when you'd walk outside, all your boogers would freeze because it was true. negative 20. I'm sorry. Anyway, my name. Walk, like seriously, they would, get, they would get stabby and then you'd walk into class <laughs> and then you'd be, you'd thank your lucky stars because they were no longer stabbing the insides of your nostrils, but then uh-huh. they would melt. And so everyone would get these big flowy snot things happening mm. in class. Then you'd uh, all fall asleep. My name is Graham Donaldson <laughs> and I'm joined with AJ Frozen Booger Hannenberg. <laughs> they call me Snot Rocket. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Thomas, 40 Degrees is Cold Magby. <laughs> Hello. Um, 40 Degrees is Today, we, you know what bugs me, Magby? What bugs you? Christmas trees. Is that true? It's just a pagan thing That's exactly that right. Christians have stolen for their own ends. That's exactly right. And if we really wanted to get back to a true Christian Christmas, we would... Put what, what crosses would we do? in our houses. Make sure nobody no. writes Xmas. That's right. Because <laughs> that's taking the Christ out of Christmas. Is that? Yeah. Wow, okay, good. It's, like it's not, though. Do you guys know where that actually comes from? The X? Yeah. Mm, no. It's, probably should. It's, uh, it's, I think it's the Chi, and it's the first, it's like the first letters of Jesus Christ. Oh, like it, They literally pull it from his name, and so all it is is an abbreviation mm. of Christ, and they do it all the time in theology. You can use the Chi as a replacement. So Xmas literally means Christmas. Mm. Like it's, it is not removing the Christ. It's merely an abbreviation. Anyway, Megby, you were talking to us uh, a series of essays, I believe. Oh, yeah. So I'll go into it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so to, I, again, gave, I started, I gave you an exordium that you maybe weren't using. It's fine. We're doing great. So, yes, it, it is the Tuesday before Christmas. We will be, I guess, hoping to get to an answer of how we should celebrate Christmas. So, there, there's a classical angle to this, and the book we're discussing is from a, a classical educator as well. But yeah, hopefully we'll get to bring in some of y'all's history with Christmas as well, how y'all celebrate, and again, end with a Merry Christmas to all of you listening right now. The The thing I'll be quoting from a lot during this episode is a book called The 25th, New and Selected Christmas Essays by Josh Gibbs. This is the third Josh Gibbs book that we've done on this podcast. It's because it's the third Josh Gibbs book. Send us money, Josh. <laughs> Actually, please, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, so we've, uh, we've previously covered How to Be Unlucky, which is uh, an autobiography through the interpreting his life through the lens of the Constellation of Philosophy, which is a great book, and Something They Will Not Forget, which I think was an episode that Graham led on use of catechism in... Oh, was it really? I think you led that yeah. one. And I think I did the Something They Will Not Forget. But two great books followed by a third great book as well, the 25th. I feel somewhat bad because, you know, we're recommending this book like three days before Christmas. So please go buy this book. It's great. Uh, highly recommended. Okay. So why do you feel bad? Well, so like if you're going to buy a Christmas book, you're probably going to buy it weeks before Christmas, oh, not three friend, days before. I'm buying presents three days before Christmas. Are you Trust still? Trust me. Well, then all just listener, just so you know, everyone on your Happy list asked for this. <laughs> Here's um, your present. That's actually exactly right. Um, I need to go start the video. I just realized I didn't do that. Can you all talk for a second? Sure. Sorry. Well, it's the 12 days of Christmas. You're supposed to give presents starting on Christmas Day all the way up to Epiphany, right? Isn't What's that, Epiphany? Epiphany is... Isn't that where the character has a grand realization yeah, about their life? Yeah, where you realize, you're like, oh, this is what I should be well, doing. Well, actually, yeah, so if this is coming out the Tuesday before Christmas, what day of Christmas is it? Negative two. 
Thank you. I'm so proud of you right now. Thank you. 12 days start on Christmas. Thanks. Much appreciated. Nailed it. Okay. I think you're great. I was raised Anglican. Well, and the, great, the great part is on all those days of Christmas, it's sale time. Like you can go uh, and get, mm, your get Christmas all the Christmas stuff free. So weirdly enough, my family is very frugal. Hi, mom. I know you're listening. And we we would sometimes do presents on New Year's rather than Christmas so we could take oh, advantage of all the sales. Like, I'm telling you, clearance sales after that. And we kind of do the same thing with Halloween. We swoop in for all the leftover candy after Halloween's done. Yeah. Like, we got that frugal living down. I'm Is okay, that cool. uh, Lords of Swimming, Geese of Singing? <laughs> what is that one? Yeah, those are uh, the days of Christmas, right? On the first 12 Shopper Shopping. Lords of Leaping. Lord's 12 Leaping. Shopper Shopping. <laughs> yeah, that's every single one. Okay, so this book will only cover a few of the ideas as all these episodes go. So I, I, if I were to summarize this book, I would say that it, it is a defense of Christmas. I think that's the easiest way to put it. It's a defense of Christmas against Grinches. It's a, an idea introduced in the introduction. And those Grinches come in many forms. The main one that Josh Gibbs is interested in um, going after is uh, someone who is mostly written to Christians, but it's Christians who don't like Christmas, I would say. It's a, it's an appeal to them to reconsider the holiday. Um, is this the part where I'm supposed to be a Grinch? You can be a Grinch the entire time if you humbug. want to. Okay. You can say bah humbug as many times as you want to. Um, uh, the Grinch is a curious creature who does not oppose Christmas on religious grounds as do the atheist and the very traditional Presbyterian. The Grinch is almost certainly a baptized Christian, may attend nearly any church present in North America, and during the month of July or August seems a perfectly normal human being who pays his tithes and his taxes, does not drink too much, moses on the lawn, and so forth. And yet... Oh, well, that's not me. I don't pay tax. Okay, well, there's your problem. Uh-oh. Wait, what? Sorry, wait, hold on one more time. And yet, come late November, the, you know we record these episodes, right? Whoop, that's what works. Okay, great. I'm, I'm the guy who edits these. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think whatever I like. There's going to be like this weird pause in the middle of the episode. I don't pay my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if you actually went back and edited that. And yet, come late November, the Grinch recalls his great deta- distaste for Christmas. He neither enjoys nor trusts Christmas, though he knows most people do. So that's our that's our description. Of so the someone who gets grouchy when Christmas comes, but is yes, okay. Well, tell me, well, why is he grouchy? Uh, the Grinch is a cynic, and cynicism is born of a disappointed love, not primal hatred. The most oh. cynical atheists are former Christians whose love and confidence in the church slowly eroded before collapsing. Um, uh, that is true. So, how does Christmas fail the Grinch then, or how does the Grinch fail Christmas? And then he goes on from there. Hmm. Um, but the Grinch is a cynic, and cynicism is born of disappointed love, not primal hatred. That slightly has preempted what I hope to be one of our early questions. What is y'all's background with Christmas? With Christmas coming up, in this episode being the Tuesday before, how are you all feeling about this Christmas time? I love Christmas. I probably, in my late 20s, did that, at the time, very fashionable thing that Christians did, which is bemoan the commercialness of Christmas and... Um, you know, say I don't want to give gifts and, um, you know, felt very pious, um, saying things like the world just doesn't understand what it's doing and this is our holiday and how dare they sell Coca-Cola. Yep. Um, but But, I also, but I, I, I mean, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more into thinking just like, you know, holidays and things should be celebrated and they should be, you should sort of give in to the, the merriment of it. And, and, uh, it's not a time to, be, it's, it shouldn't be the time to be the well, actually guy, <laughs> but do you know people who are the well, oh, actually sure. guy? And I, was, guy and I confess that I was the well, actually Good. guy, Wonderful. you know, years ago. That's funny. AJ, well, actually all this money is just going into the pockets of the fat cats at the yeah, top. See, there you go. That kind of thing. <laughs> AJ, what are your thoughts going into this Christmas time? 
Okay. Um, how, how curmudgeonly would you like? You can be? be honest about this. You okay. don't have to play the part. All right. So, I mean, in truth, I was kind of the Grinch for a really long time. I was, I, I grew up as a thorough believer in like the enlightenment and I was a doubt everything kind of guy. And I was like, how is the Christmas different from any other day? <laughs> like it's, it's just the same, except we give presents in corporate America. I was like, I don't know. I'm, I have a problem being present in moments. Yep. Like I, I always am a step outside sort of analyzing what's happening. And the same was true of Christmas. And as with Graham, as I got older, I'm like, you know what? Traditions are important. Like, merriment is important and setting aside a time for a certain feeling and a time to honor Christ and a time for charity, like to remind us to be charitable. I think, I think in my youth, I recognized that that was sort of a, a hedge against human failure and human vice, right? To set aside time for merriment. I was like, why can't we just always be merry? And then as I grow older, I'm like, yeah, we kind of suck at stuff. And we need these hedges against vice falling into, you know, ruts and not honoring things that should be honored and not being charitable and not finding merriment when we can. Like a a time that is set aside for everyone to come together for the very purpose of making merry. I'm all for. And 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 now I recognize the importance of rituals Mm -hmm. as I fail to like be in consistent prayer or whatever it is. Like, Prayer as a ritual is important. Sure. You need to play the part. So even if you're not feeling particularly merry, Interesting. you need to wear the sweater and uh, you know buy the bottle of wine and go to the other person's dinner party and smile and cook the turkey. Fake it till and, you bake it, bro. No, there's something, but there's something about like donning the role that I think the people people, <laughs> that people <laughs> bristle at for being inauthentic. But there's something about like like. Yeah, not uh, there's something about playing the part that's important to to holidays but and traditions. But it is inauthentic if you are not genuinely yes. excited for that holiday. And I think that, but I think that's still even that inauthentic, inauthenticity is, I think, important. Eventually, you'll tied. Tied. You'll tied. Oh, you're still making more puns. It's like that, that sentence doesn't make any sense. I'm glad you're having fun over there. Okay, so wonderful. Uh, so the cynicism comes from a place of disappointment at some at some point in one's past. I'm just going to keep moving. Uh, this somewhat ties in with what Graham was just saying there about playing a part. Uh, Josh Gibbs ends the introduction with this. Um, I hope the essays in this book will enliven your celebration of Christmas for those parents whose children are still at home. I pray these pages will embolden your memories that you will have the courage to remember the past with generosity and gratitude and nostalgic fear and that your own children are the greatest beneficiaries of whatever truth I light on. He'll repeat this over and over again, that Christmas is fundamentally for children. It's, I think that's the right way to put that, Mm -hmm. that the excitement around the holidays is mostly a benefit to children, which then blesses their parents, which is great. But any curmudgeonliness from a Grinch saying um, this holiday is too corporate or not being excited for the holiday ultimately hurts children more than it hurts the parents who are saying those things. Does that sound right as far as you all can tell? Mm -hmm. I mean, and probably why someone becomes more of a curmudgeon in their late, you know, in their 20s is maybe they either don't have a child and they're no longer excited by Christmas. Yes. And so they're like, man, why are we doing this? Yeah. I will not read the first chapter, which is about Santa Claus. I will only... Because we did an episode on him. Yes, that's exactly right. Please go listen to Saint Nick and the Barrel Children. A, uh, ages episode from um, was it two years ago? At that this is point? still one of my favorite episodes I've episode. ever done. You did a good job. Saint Nick is hilarious. Yeah, and I love that he is the patron saint of brewers. I love it. I will not re- uh, 
I will not read that chapter or read many quotes from it. I'll just read this one because I think it's, it's the one moment I actually laughed out loud. So I feel like my setting your expectation has ruined this moment for you. So I apologize to everyone. Um, I won't give context for parents who are listening with their children, but when a little child walks into the kitchen and says, meow, I am a cat. I want some milk. Only a bona fide atheist would respond. That is a lie, Susie. And St. John teaches that murderers, sorcerers, adulterers, and liars will go to the second death in a lake, which burns with fire and sulfur. Anyway, that's one of my favorite lines from this book. Cats. Yeah. So there's an imagination that comes with Christmas that uh, has to be embraced and enjoyed during that time, or else you are, creating cynics of children uh, who are meant to uh, celebrate and enjoy this holiday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I will go spend some more time with uh, the, the essay on when to start listening to Christmas music. So I will pose the question to you all. When should someone start listening to Christmas music? I mean, I don't want a lot for Christmas, but there <laughs> is for, one thing I need. Are, are you saying I don't care right about now? those presents underneath okay. the Christmas tree? Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, when did you start, um, right, the day after Thanksgiving? Do you think so? I don't know. See, in Canada, Thanksgiving's in October. Okay. So this never has to be a, a debate, because all of a sudden Christmas music will just kind of like Sometime in, slowly creep in. In November. But in America, because you have Thanksgiving, there, there's this hard line where um, some people say, you know, you can't do it before, it has to be right after, and some people say you can do it before, and then partisanship erupts yes but for people who disagree on mm-hmm. when that stuff should start but um and you know the american spirit eventually we're gonna try to one-up each other and somebody <laughs> will be starting it right after easter hey mm-hmm. I, is that is that a horrible thing uh, okay aj when when should christmas music You're, start so uh, there uh, personally there are a lot of problems here first what? i get tired of music really quickly oh. and i'm a dj so i'm a huge music snob and i recognize that and it's a problem i'm working through it but i i have almost no patience for christmas music really I, at all uh, I loathe it. The grand majority. There are some songs that are that I think are good, but like popularized Christmas music drives me bananas. And like, I'm not playing the part here. I really do kind of hate Christmas music. Wonderful. Were you going to say something, Graham? I was going to just about to say, if you want to make some cash, write a Christmas hit, and you will get royalties every Forever. year for the rest of your life Yeah. in December. Mariah Carey knows this. Oh, and... Uh, um, Last Christmas, I, I gave you my heart. Oh, I lost guy? the game. Isn't that the game? Let's yeah, see how long you go without hearing that. Was oh. that your first time hearing it? Was yeah, doggone it. it. You just lost the game? game for me. Yes. Oh, I didn't know the game. The game is trying to avoid that song for as long as possible every Christmas. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. Didn't realize. And also, for all of our listeners, we've. Sorry. You've all lost. You've all lost. Oh, I'm so no. sorry. He's Canadian. Yeah. Give him grace. Yeah. There's also no reward for winning. So I mean, technically, Santa Claus is Canadian. Santa Claus is Canadian. North Pole, baby. Oh. Do you guys own the North Pole? Why not? I didn't. Do you, I don't think you all do. Yes, do you? you do. Oh, really? The okay. pole is what? Just off Baffin Island? It's uh-huh. up there. Was Denmark got it? Yeah. I, no way. I think they have a better claim to it. Okay. Uh, this is. I'm sorry. This is actually blowing my mind right now, and I can't. I don't know if I can move. Nobody owns the North Pole. How did yeah. I not know this? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Graham is currently looking it up, or he's just bored and on his phone again. So I don't know. I guess we'll find out in three seconds with whether he pipes up with who owns the North Pole. All right. So I do believe that. There are two of these essays. I think I think at least two of these essays that ha- are from the, um, that have been published on the Cersei Institute website. So if you want to read some of these to see if this is a book that you would enjoy, which again you would. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, when to start listening? I don't think is one of the ones that's published. The In Defense of George Bailey and the In Defense of Santa Claus. I believe are the two that are posted. Oh, so, I'll have your money. It's in French house. Maybe and, I, I wasn't expecting house. to talk about that one, but maybe oh, we will. Okay. Okay. That's my fr- that's my. Uh... Jimmy Stewart. Problem. It's so good. That's 
That was really good. Well, you appreciate it. That's very kind. That's all I got. Uh, Unfortunately, AJ, your position is not one of the four listed. So I'll go through these and then see what you all have to say. Um, So there are four answers that um, Gibbs accepts for when to start listening to Christmas music. First, the rigorist. The rigorist believes that Christmas music should not be enjoyed until Christmas Day actually comes. Mm, The pleasures of Christmas must be aesthetically deferred so that the holiday does not become a hedonistic hedonistic foothold for the devil. (laughs) The rigorist opines listening to Christmas music before Christmas is like opening Christmas presents before Christmas. What do y'all think about that? I've never met anybody with that view. Who holds that position? I, uh, we became Anglican two or three years ago at this point. I mean, your curmudgeon levels go way up. Well, I was a curmudgeon to begin with, and being a part of a liturgical church has not helped that. There's some part (laughs) of me that I am drawn to this position because the 12 days of Christmas start start with Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? In the the period preceding Christmas is Advent. We're not, it's not currently Christmas time. It's Advent time. Um, And we'll get to Christmas on the 25th. So there's a part of me that is uh, open to this position. I, you know, there are things like light uh, turning on the lights on the tree that I, I try and hold off until Christmas day because it's not actually Christmas yet. Am I a horrible person? No. Um, you can say yes for other reasons, but there's a charm to that. Is there? Yeah. Okay. Or um, anyway, or I'm overbearing. Could be both. Second, the Decemberist. The Decemberist does not believe a fellow must wait until the 25th to listen to Christmas music. It's a great band. I was just going to say. Oh, oh, man. Great band. It's got to be a reference, right? Uh, Because isn't, Gibbs is really into music, isn't he? But he is a bit disgusted at the secular world's itchiness to begin the shopping season. While not as ascetic as the rigorous, the Decemberist also wants to stave off the early indulgence, which leads to Christmas burnout. Hmm. Uh, he, he thus pleads, can we at least wait until December to begin listening to Christmas music? Is that, Graham? Would that, I've heard that. Yes, I that got is, some sympathy there. Is, uh, sure. But does that describe that your position? The, uh, the waiting until after Thanksgiving is essentially the Decemberist yeah, position, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is it to avoid burnout? Is it... What are you trying to preserve by waiting until after Thanksgiving? Uh, I, uh, are you claiming that I'm a Decemberist? Didn't you say that you wait, wanted to wait till after Thanksgiving? Oh, no, you were saying, news? you were asking me what were the points of view. Oh, oh I don't really know. Oh, I'm sorry, I was asking um, you personally when you want to start listening to Christmas music. Let's see. When do you put on the Sufjan Stevens Christmas album? Oh, um, that one I can get behind. Uh, so that one, I will defend is more of an advent. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, fair it's, enough. It's, it's six CDs. It's probably the, my favorite christmas thing or mm-hmm. advent thing so that one has definitely been playing in our house already i think yes when advent starts that's when you should that's when you can turn your eyes towards um the coming of christ although like if you think about it mary's been pregnant since march so he he goes into that a little bit so mm-hmm. the technically the season lasts longer if you think about it because and it would put march 25th as um when the pregnancy starts so there's like a nine month Anyway, it's almost mm-hmm. the entire year you could be celebrating mm-hmm. the incarnation. We will probably never return to that point. Sorry. Third, the commoner. The commoner does not have an opinion on when Christmas music should begin playing. He does not think the matter rises to the realm of should or should not, but is, is content that society at large will determine when is the right time to begin hearing all I want for Christmas is you in Coles. The commoner regards the return of Christmas music in the mall, much like Laura Ingalls Wilder must have regarded the return of prairie flowers in early spring, sometimes a week early, sometimes a week later, but always as nature knew best. Yep. Fine by me. Really? Although I have not set foot in a mall in like 15 <laughs> years, yeah, but whatever. Sure. Oh, that is not, I, th- I thought this was going to be a COVID thing. What this is, is a target? I was just going to say, <laughs> do you remember that? That was a long time ago. Oh man. Uh, and fourth, the psychopath, much like the rigorous, the psychopath <laughs> believes the time for Christmas music is definite and inviolable, but he believes that time is all the time, even in July or in Valentine's day. That's I wonder how Josh Gibbs feel, feels about this person. 
uh, whether he agrees with them or thinks they're normal. Uh, he at some point calls himself a psychopath, I believe. Oh, so he, I think he uh, then. Oh, yeah. He doesn't think they're normal and he agrees with them. Yes. Well, yes. He at least has a fair view of himself if he aligns with that position. I think he does say know. that at some point. So apologies if I'm maligning Josh Gibbs. Uh, after hearing those four options, does one of those seem uh, best for you? Or the just, commoner. The com- exactly. I, I like that analogy of wildflowers. Yep, it'll just sort of pop up. They just kind of, there you are. Yeah. A commoner with more sass. Like I've, <laughs> Is what I, you are. I don't care when it comes. I'm going to try to avoid it. No matter what? No matter what. I think that's what I call it. What part a of that are you? sassy commoner? Yeah. So you're like, like, uh, I'm the, you, like a I, serving man in Shakespeare. You got to call me, I'm the hermit. Right. Like I, or I'm the, uh, I'm the, uh, what are they, a desert father. I go to the mm. desert to avoid society and all their Christmas music. Ooh, that's bottle. I think he, I think he's going to disagree with you in a little bit. This is good. Why, what are you trying to avoid when you're avoiding Christmas music? What don't you like about it? I, I hate overplayed songs, like any overplayed song. Do you have this feeling also during like, how can uh, it be overplayed when it only happens one time oh, a year for an entire month and a half every year? So in my 30, what, six years on earth, I've had over three years of Christmas music and I'm tired of it. Good yeah. enough. Do you feel this way about worship music also that like Sunday morning is the same thing every time? Nope. Really? So it's just Christmas music. Well, I mean, those change around enough. Do they? Yeah. Well, uh, grew up in a hymn church. And I mean, like, again, I, I, I maintain that some Christmas music is awesome. Yeah. Sufjan Stevens is great. I wouldn't mind hearing that every year, but some is just garbage. And okay, the same yeah. is true of worth worship music. We've been over this. There's, yeah. there's some great worship music and there's some that's trash. There's yeah. some worship music I'd listen to forever. Yeah. I think that was in one of our in-between episodes because, yeah, I don't know that if we were trashing. That was an AMA. Yeah, was an AMA. But mm-hmm. I don't know if we were trashing worship music so much as like Christian music as a subgenre. Maybe those are, those are different things, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so again, the four positions that gives us outlining are acknowledging that we should listen or like acknowledging that people will listen to Christmas music. I guess functionally you kind of have to be a commoner at the minimum because you will hear Christmas music at some point. Even if you don't seek it out, it will be played at some point, whether like you like it or not. Chicken pox. Yes. It's coming for you. You might believe that, but there is a defense in here of the Christmas music itself. Um, again, all I want to do is quote this book. It is quite hard to be generous and selfless though. We need all the help we can get. So in as much as silver bells or I saw three ships move a man to works of faith and charity, July is a fine time to listen to such music. While music reminds us, music is not merely a mnemonic device that brings old truths to mind. Music is an animating spirit. Put another way, while silver bells, candy canes, and Christmas trees are not holy, they nonetheless emerge organically from what is holy. They are secular tributes to holiness, cultural labors which aim to refashion what is earthly after what is heavenly. Rather than dismissing secular Christian traditions as mere consumer preferences, we should recognize them as part of our calling to bring a higher, better world down to earth and to live in a manner worthy of that world. If we will not live and move and have our being in the sublime, generous, and open-handed world, neither do we deserve the decor. I saw three ships come sailing in <laughs> on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. So we're just going to sing hymns for the rest of this, this episode. That seems like a... Do you agree with this? It seems like a fallacy, a you, logical one, right? The, we should regard this better because it came out of a thing that was good? No, I think it's saying that the songs remind us to be better. That there is something different about Christmas time than the rest of the year. Something is different about the four weeks leading up to it, the 12 days after it, like this whole season it's, uh, and whether, again, this is whether you're a Christian or not, it's clearly an important holiday that like everyone acknowledges. So I should feel called to something higher when I hear I saw mama kissing Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. Maybe not that one specifically, but <laughs> Christmas music in general. Or Santa baby. 
See, Fanta so baby. there's a there's a Christmas playlist that I tried playing for Asher, and that was the first song Mm-mm. that came on on shuffle. And I'm like, nope, moving on to Sufjan. He's a baby so though. He is a, he is a baby, but it just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like that song being sung to my child. So, <laughs> yep. But, I'm, I'm full of it this episode. No, I'm no, sorry, I'm guys. It. No, you thought you were going to be really tired, but no, you, you still got it. I, I well, I'm fighting that. through a headache, so I get really I get really Hang sassy in, in crisis. Yeah, you get a headache whenever I start doing my episodes. It's just such a bummer. It's I'm joking. True. I'm joking. It's anyway. Um, but is there something that's me you're confusing (laughs) thank you graham is bored out of his mind but (laughs) is there something to this argument that uh we need to be reminded of the season that we don't just get into the mood to be giving and charitable and festive and whatever we need those pointers to the ideal of what the season can look like Mm -hmm. music is a part of that reminder for sure is this is this fair yes i think so like um the the furniture of life needs to change yes yeah um, and it does in your house. You move things to put the tree up. Put the tree up. Yeah. Um, we the, the, the music changes. Yeah. Um, uh, I start wearing turtlenecks. Yep. The, no, the smells of the house it. change. Yeah. No. It's um, uh, lights go up. Uh, things happen. Like garlands go where there were no garlands before. Yes. I drive a sleigh all month. <laughs> AJ is so punchy and it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, and I think this is fair. I again, I I am picky with my christmas music and by that i mean i, I don't like most of it but i, I love the sufjan um mm. I, say, I say album it's six cds so there's a lot to it and i know the season has started when it's sufjan stevens has three versions of o come o come emmanuel on mm-hmm. that six cd set but it's the first one when that plays i know it's christmas time or advent or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call that that's how i know the season has, has we're such begun. hipster christian hipsters on my word that album's like 10 year, 15 years old right that's a but lot of versions of that does that make us hipster it does of course it does i mean it makes us hipster to yeah, yeah, end yeah. that. Okay. But he's like a popular artist. Are we yeah, hipsters? Okay. He, he wants diagrammed. Like, I know he knows how to diagram sentences because he took, I think it was Miley Cyrus lyrics and diagrammed them and then analyzed them. And I was like, this is a man I could be friends with. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. So that's all there is on Christmas music and on when to listen to it. Pick one, go for it. Be open to Christmas. Christmas what are you, maybe? Oh, again, I, I have what's the right word? I have a sensitivity toward the rigorous position. I having, I, I had a child, my, my child was born before last Christmas, but he was like five months old. So I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I, I am leaning more toward the Decemberist position because I think the, I don't think Advent will make as much sense to a child as Christmas will. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the, like the, the sorrow and the longing that define Advent, I think it's hard to mm. explain cogently to a child. And so I would much rather he have a month of Christmas music and sugar and candy and, and feasting than why are we, um, why are we fasting? I don't know. I don't know if he can understand it yet. Yeah. It's hard if like, you're going to be a giant bummer Yes, and then everywhere he goes, is like Christmas cookies yes. and you're at home. You're like, the slaughter of the innocents yes. and you're like, okay, which well, what it's worth Dad. happens after Christmas. But yes, like if that's a thing, <laughs> yeah. that's the 26th. But like, if that's a thing that, um, I'm talking about all the time, uh-huh. I want, I want our Christmas to be the one that is appealing to him, not mm. the commercial version, gotcha. which while Gibbs will disagree Fair. with it is real. Right. Now, do you do a wreath in your house? Do you uh, do Advent, Advent wreath, candles? Yes. And yeah. so we do, um, so for our Advent tradition, we eat our meals. We turn off, we turn off the lights in the house and we eat by candlelight, oh. but the candles are the Advent wreath. That's nice. So there's increasing light as we approach, um, Christmas day. That's when the light of the world, Good. that's when cool. the light, that's fun. light of Christ enters the world. I like um, that. And so, yeah, meals, uh, the first, the first night my child was very confused as to what was happening. Like he clearly was like, why am I sitting in the dark? But he has gotten used to it and he, 
again, he's young enough that he's flexible and will go along with whatever. Cool. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I'm mostly just playing regular Christmas music. Um, and maybe, I don't know, if you all strongly disagree, I would love to hear it. But I, I'm trying not to... I just wanted to be easy for him to understand what's happening. And it's it's a joyous time. We're looking mm-hmm. forward to Christmas. No, I'm into it. Okay. I remember being crazy about Christmas when I was a kid. You were? Yeah, I mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. Well, I remember the Christmas I got a Super Nintendo. Oh, man, I thought my parents would never buy me something like that. I got a Fast Tracks remote control car, oh. $60, <laughs> and I just about pooped my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Did you launch those cars off like ramps and stuff? Oh, I launched them so hard. But, but follow with that of, you know, the thing that you're talking about is that you're excited about gifts and you're not excited you n- n- neither of you all have been oh like, sorry no we were excited about we well, haven't given me some pious answer of like no the thing the i'm really excited for is the birth of christ yeah. is there not something wrong with that of the memories that you have and are fond of relate to race cars and video game systems which are perishing and will burn away in the end times guys come on why don't you love god i think it's a combo so right. i i've neglected to talk about my <laughs> one of my actual family traditions was my grandpa would get us all in a room and he would lead us through. We had to sing a bunch of songs. And Is this then, the grandpa you talked about a few episodes yeah. ago? Yeah. Okay. No, wait. The the grandpa I talked about that had the absurd death is yes. different. This okay. is the one that uh, recently got senile and passed okay. in the last year. Okay. Um, he'd get us all together and he'd make us sing songs. And then we'd have to go around and talk about what we were thankful for and say something about Jesus. And then we had to do all of this before presence. And so the kids were losing their ding yeah, dang minds. Right like it. sing faster. <laughs> like <laughs> the slow, this, I remember thinking the slow tempo of the hymns oh, was just, holy <laughs> night. And I was like, pick it up people. Oh, holy <laughs> night. <laughs> like I was, I was so ready. Double and I was like, that. the worst thing is, Sometimes they would take the presents and hand them out and they would be sitting in front of yes. you for the you whole the thing. Time. And yep. so I had my five presents right there and I was like touching them <laughs> and like pulling the bows and they'd Wait, be like, no, you, no, not yet. And I'd be like, oh, curse you. Did you say five presents? Was that a thing? Well, it was uh, everybody, everybody's family would give everybody else presents. So it was just however many I had. Right? Was there a so, limit to the number of presents you got? No, it was oh, just whatever just, people okay. felt like giving me. Graham, do you want to opine on this? Uh, why no, you, why would, you're a dirty materialist who only loves the yeah, video mean, games you get for Christmas? Exactly. Okay, thanks. No, we would uh, Christmas morning read Luke 2. Okay. Read the Christmas story and then the Matthew story and Luke's and the Christmas Luke, Luke story. Luke 2. Yeah. Luke the returning. <laughs> and, so um, you would sit down and read those? We and would then... sit down and read the Christmas story. I'm um, trying to think other pious things that we did. <laughs> uh, and we did an Advent wreath sure. going into it. Um, did you all celebrate Advent? Yeah. Much more than, so you had the wreath. Yeah. Is there anything? We lit candles Good. and, uh, you know, it corresponded to what happened at church as sure. well. And um, we had advent calendars with little chocolates in them. Sure. Like those yes. old chocolates that yeah. have been in that calendar all year and yes. they're gross. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that. But as a kid, I hated this stuff. What I wanted was the presents. Right. right. Sure. I didn't understand it. And now as an adult, I really appreciate those times with my family. I want a whiskey advent calendar. We get like a little <laughs> different bottle of whiskey on thing? the inside of them. It is no. a thing. They're okay. very expensive, but you get 25 bo- tiny bottles of different kinds of whiskey to try. Interesting. Yep. That's a business <laughs> idea. Okay with that. Uh, so, AJ, you, but you're sounding positive then on you still have fond memories of the gifts, right? I mean, I have fond memories of the gifts, but that's the only one I remember, that one in a bow and arrow. Yeah. And I remember so many different times with my grandpa and my yeah. family and all of the trappings that surround being together on Christmas. Yep. Like, yeah, I remember the gifts, but those times are now so valuable to me when I was just yes. antsy to get to the presents. My point is that kids understand 
filthy lucre, yeah. right? And only later will uh, they understand the import of the traditions. And I, I, I might want to dignify that even more than calling it filthy lucre. There is a, there's an intention to those gifts. And again, what I'm trying to speak to is that I hear this often of parents who want Christmas to be about Christ, that they don't want it to be about presents. And I think that distinction is unhelpful. And I think obscures that those two things are closer to each other than we're giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the gifts are filthy. I don't, again, we have presents purchased for my child and I, I have no guilt in giving him those presents. Um, uh, this, I guess I'll read this other quote first. It is far easier to acknowledge that all things are a gift from God than it is to feel genuine thanks for them. But when other human beings give us gifts, they participate in the genera- in they participate in the generosity of God and make it easy for us to give thanks to him, not only for the gifts, but for the people who gave them. It is mm. easier to love men than to love God, a fact which St. John addresses when he writes that anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. I always feel very ashamed and embarrassed to receive gifts from people mm. yeah. on Christmas. Sure. Why? You just know you're not worth it. No, seriously, though. But I, th- I feel like that, that there's no, something no, about that. Yeah, you two are agreeing, though, of you don't feel worthy of a gift in the same way that you probably, you might not feel worthy of the gifts that God gives you every day. Like, right? even when I know we're part of a gift exchange and yeah. somebody gives me a present, when it's there and it has, they've written my name on the card yeah. and have bought it and, and given it to me, I always feel ashamed. Yes. It feels incongruous with the command to consider others as more important than yourselves, right? And, and some kind of false... It, it doesn't feel like charity, right? right? And it feels materialistic. But as long as you relate it back to we are reenacting the gifts from the Magi and it is a chance for true human charity. I feel like in order to combat this, listeners should just inundate me with presents. <laughs> so you can practice with it. Yeah, exactly. And you should further imitate the Magi in giving gold. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> And frankincense and myrrh. Hey, frankincense yeah. is... Isn't it expensive stuff, isn't it? It's nice smelling. Expensive. Good. It's, been, it's expensive. But I... It's also I, good for your skin. Like, it's good at... Uh, um, is this like an infomercial right no, now? No, no. Frankincense oh, okay. um, <laughs> The classical stuff line of It's often used... It's actually... This may be... Well, this may be crazy internet woo-woo, but um, uh, it, it has had clinical trials done on uh, cancerous skin cells. What? Really? And, melanoma. And what really? happened... Oh, I was ah, suppressing thank them. You. Thank you. That makes me feel so Anyway, I don't know, but it sounds made it's up. still going through trials. <sighs> what kind of blogs have up. you been reading? It makes me nervous. Mom um, blogs. <laughs> they're wonderful. But I might even, just to, uh, <laughs> this is a repeated thing that um, Gibbs will do across his books, is, just, is being wary of the pious sounding answers that don't actually intersect with how people like, experience the holiday. Mm-hmm. And so while it is, I guess you could say a technically true thing that you are reliving the um, Christmas story by giving gifts, looking to the Magi as your example of what you're giving. It's more general than that. All gifts given are a reminder that God loves us and gives us good gifts. We don't have hmm. to, uh, I don't even think you have to like acknowledge that every single time that you give those gifts. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it, it exists in Providence as a gift from God, whether you say this is a gift from God or not. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't know if that's anyway, I, I, I think that's the point that he's getting at here that we are, we are uh, participating in the generosity of God when we are giving mm. those gifts, whether we are saying the right words when we do that or not. This is from later in the book, but connects with the ideas we're talking about. Uh, that how, 
Would we find, oh no. while, we, while we can all lament the pandering and cloying quality of the modern advertisement, the fact that come December, modern corporations put decorated trees and St. Nick on the same soulless ephemera they hawk the other 11 months of the year hardly means that Christmas has become so commercial and materialistic. Christmas has not become materialistic. Materials have become Christmassy. <laughs> Isn't that good? So instead of the holiday itself being corrupted in some way, the items are elevated. They are brought into this Yeah, we're Christmas not more time. materialistic. Still as materialistic as we <laughs> normally are. But that's, that's the point he makes in the book that it's I hadn't, I, I never considered that, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, actually, I'm just a materialistic person and Christmas mirrors me more than the holiday itself being corrupted. That it wasn't a point I thought of before. Maybe you all have considered that. Hmm. Okay. Let's continue on. We're still in the same, ta- uh, same chapter here. There are two, two of the essays are longer than the others. Um, this is um, meditations on the crash and what is the other long? What if Christmas is exactly what it purports to be? Those are the two longer essays and they are both excellent and I highly recommend them. Um, so Graham, to your point earlier, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a part of Christmas where we are enacting roles mm-hmm. for one another. So we are doing things that we might not necessarily want to do such as the, not, I'm not saying this is me. Also, my in-laws don't listen to this podcast, but let's say that you're not like crazy about going to sure. see family during, during mm-hmm. the, um, mm-hmm. during the holidays. It's still a thing that we do. Mm-hmm. What can you defend that? Like, why is that? Why should I want to do something good that is unpleasant or that I don't want to do? Why put well, myself through the suffering? Cause it's, I mean, it's right. And, and, um, and by doing it, you know, uh, you've, you should do, Right things, even if no matter how you, regardless of how you feel about it. Okay. Right. But how do I know that they are right things to do? Maybe is the way to say that. Visiting family at Christmas. Yeah, or or pick any of the. Uh, uh, if if your spouse is more into traditions than you are, still doing those traditions. If your church has a service on Christmas Day, harmony. That you don't really want to go to. Why go to that instead of um, insisting on staying home with your family? That, all kinds of things happen during the holiday season, mm-hmm. right? Buying gifts that. Maybe you don't want to buy um, wrapping gifts that you don't want to wrap. All those things. I mean, all of those things have their liturgies that form you to be thinking about all the truths of Christmas, like how you just spent, how we were just talking about what presents do to the giver and receiver. Yeah. I mean, this harkens back to what I originally said. Like when I was earlier, I didn't write, I, I would have take an issue with it. Why? Yeah. Just because it's tradition. But now I see that the tradition is there to be the palliative for many ills, right? It's, yes. you don't want to get to see your in-laws because you're a punk and maybe they're jerks, but you are not willing to rise above their jerkiness and you feel personally offended. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have this tradition, maybe that rift would fester and you would never see them. But mm-hmm. because you have to go up and see them in Christmas, maybe you get over those ills and a family is reunited, right? Or maybe I haven't called my dad in a long time and it's time for me to send him a present. And so I call my dad. Like it's just as every other tradition is there for healing or not every other tradition, but many of them are like confession is there to heal a rift between you and the community. So too are these, right? And I think it it is wise to, even if I don't enjoy the healing process, sometimes surgery is necessary. Yeah. Hamburg, good job. Crushed it. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Oh, you're making a joke about crush and crushed. Yeah. Okay. Crushed it. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Puns all day today. I hadn't planned on this quote now, but I'll do it because it lines up perfectly with what AJ was. Were you going to give a quote? Or, no, I'm just giggling okay, at his good, puns. Good. Okay. Uh, this is focused on children, but I think applies 
with the same idea you just said, AJ. Purchasing gifts for children at Christmas is a social obligation every parent is ashamed to forego, but beneath the knowledge one ought to buy something for his children, Christmas similarly prompts mothers and fathers to want to do something for their children or in-laws or um, brothers Mm. and sisters that they're estranged from. It makes them want to do something for others. Every father knows the disappointment of giving his children gifts, which they neither want nor appreciate. While it is easier to make a child happy than an adult, there is a wrong way to give a gift. And then he goes from there, but Christmas motivates something in us to want to give to others. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. And teaches us how to receive gifts well. I remember yes, in Graham's point, yeah. In what high school or college I was given a coffee maker, and as a high school boy, coffee maker isn't the first thing you're like, yes, right. thank you. And I, I received it poorly, yeah. and it was with mm. a CD that I wasn't super excited about. Mm. Uh, Uncle Dan, if you're listening, thank you for those. <laughs> and the <laughs> funny thing is, I used that coffee maker for like the next six years. Did you really? And it was my companion all the way through college. And Uncle Dan knew. Yeah. Uncle Dan knew. Like it, that thing made me so many cups of tea and cooked noodles and made coffee and it did everything. And the CD was actually pretty good. Yeah. And so, Do you remember what the album was? It was a, it was like a mashups of Christian music. Hmm. And I'm a DJ now that plays mashups. So Uncle Dan, you always knew. And that was such a good gift. And I was a young jerk. So thanks. That's really cool. That's, again, I'm jumping over around more than I expected, which is it. everything you're saying is intersecting with ideas in here. Um, he's talking about gifts between husbands and wives. But your example there, I think, is an important lesson on the type of gifts to give to others. I'll just read again. He's focused on husbands and wives, but would apply to family members, at least close friends as well. The same is true for husbands and wives who ought to make it a goal to give one gift every few years, which the other person will keep until they die. So yours was six years, but still keep for a long time. The best way to make a Christmas full is to fill it with past Christmases. So Hmm. you're talking about an approach to gift giving that isn't just AJ wanted whatever music was popular at that day. It was, an album that he knew would actually be good for you, right? And actually helped you for years and years to come. Yeah, and I, I think I might even still have that coffee maker. I used yep. it until the the, t- the tube, the plastic tube literally split. Yeah. So, But compare that to most gifts that, uh, I, again, I think there's more with having a one-and-a-half-year-old that I have slight anxiety. I, again, I'm excited to give him gifts. I said that earlier. But I have anxiety that he won't use most of those gifts a year from now. Or I'm trying to be very conscious about what gifts he will care about a year from now unfortunately mostly it's cardboard boxes or the yeah, whatever that's what he actually wants to play with um easy peasy it is actually Problem solved. yeah anyway but just to, uh, thinking about gifts not in terms of what's the what's the thing that the person wants I, I think this is like when people say you know why why would i have someone buy me a gift that i could buy for myself mm-hmm. you're probably not thinking big enough with that gift if that person is sufficiently close to you this isn't for everyone um but there are certain gifts that a person would never buy for themselves right my wife who doesn't like to spend money on herself. Christmas is a great time to, to give her something that will last her a long time. Right. Okay. Um, the, since we're jumping around, some of these ideas might feel slightly disjointed, but the, the idea he's developing intersects really well with what Graham was saying before about having about filling roles in that those roles, filling those roles then changes us. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, f- Gibbs is focused primarily on marriage as he talks about this, but I think this applies to anyone in any, everyone fills a role in a family, right? Mm -hmm. If you're showing up back for a family holiday, there's a, there's a role you're expected to take, but this will mostly focus on wives and husbands, but is not exclusive to them. Uh, Before he marries, a man is free to seek out happiness on whatever terms he chooses. So again, to answer the question, why should a, why should in our case with the three of us are dudes, why should a man 
take play, uh, take part in traditions that he's not a fan of. Why should he go to holiday gatherings? He's not a fan of why should he buy presents? He doesn't want to buy before he marries. A man is free to seek out happiness on whatever terms he chooses. He may do it so sinfully righteously or in a way which is not sinful, but neither brings him much spiritual fruit. There are scores of activities, hobbies and pastimes, which may be lawful for a fellow, but which are not helpful as St. Paul distinguishes. Um, he'll go on to say, you know, there are hobbies that a man loses once he gets married, such as anything that um, requires much time in, in anything that requires time alone or time away from people. You probably will not continue as a hobby because you have another person to take care of. He then moves this into um, this sentence. The common American proverb, happy wife, happy life is not a burden placed on wives to be happy, but a man's acknowledgement that attempts to seek out private happiness to the exclusion of his wife cannot make him happy for long. This is not to say a man must give up all his hobbies after he marries, but it does mean that in marrying, he solemnly agrees to never be much happier than his wife. <laughs> Isn't that a good line? Mm-hmm. If, and if anyone wants to listen to more of this, Gibbs has an episode of his podcast proverbial where he goes into that proverb, happy wife, happy I life. I mean, I think it is necessary that when you get married, that you do an assessment of your hobbies yes. and cut things out. Yes. Um, what did you cut out? I mean, video games eventually, yeah, but too. it took a few years. Um, yeah. Uh, I read less. I probably read less than I used to. Or again, it's mostly audiobooks now than it is um, sitting down to read a book. I think I read about the same, maybe more. Okay. I think I may read more. Yeah. Uh, movies. I definitely watch way less movies. I guess I watch fewer, but I, it's more I watch different ones. Because whenever I do watch them, probably most of the time I watch I different ones with my for wife. sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, or whenever I'm proposing a movie, I don't know, it's keeping my wife in mind of finding something that both of us find mm-hmm. enjoyable, not just me. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, not going to fly. Um, my, this was back in high school, so I've only heard the story, but my wife tried to watch the first movie and fell asleep, I think, 20 minutes in and slept for mm-hmm. three hours, so, or whatever it is. <laughs> Woke up, still going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never over? Yeah, seriously. Have um, left the Shire yet? Or? <laughs> no, they're still there. Uh, okay, so what's the, the point here is that another answer to why do those things is for the happiness of another, right? That's mm-hmm. maybe a part of the argument we didn't look at before, but we, it's no longer, we give up certain rights um, by entering into marriage in this example, but there are obligations on us. If we are children, if we are brothers, if um, we have friends, there are obligations that are placed on us that you don't always want to do a thing that you ought to do. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Graham, this was your point from mm-hmm. earlier. AJ, both of you all were saying this. But. And when you sort of, in the moment, if you ask somebody, why are you doing this? Yeah. The response that is perfectly acceptable is like, well, it's Christmas. Yes. You, you just have to do it. Yes. But whereas I, as a curmudgeon, I don't like that response of it's Christmas, mm-hmm. you should do it. I think it's actually the right answer that, and we'll, we'll get to this briefly at the end of the episode, but Christmas should look different than the rest of the year. And, mm-hmm. and maybe part of the way it looks different is submitting yourself to the season by fulfilling the role, maybe better than you do the rest of the year. That's right. But then the point is Christmas is almost a call to do better, right? Um, uh, Christmas is our uh, chance to say, I wish that um, we had more hobbies in common. I wish that um, we saw family more often, hmm. right? Things that we do during Christmas, we might want to take throughout the rest of the year as well. 
I'll just wrap up with these two quotes because I like them. Marriage is a mystical union, but a happy marriage often necessitates both husband and wife behaving like hoteliers and restaurateurs who want repeat business. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great line. And then this all, this ties together a lot of what we've been talking about. There is no greater gift children can give their parents than to be happy. And there is no greater gift parents can give their children than a reason to be happy. And thus the health of the family is entirely synergistic. And that's, Again, why do we fulfill these roles? It's to create a certain type of family. In this case, he's focused on the husband, wife, and child. But if you have an extended family, this applies to you as well. That you, the gift to give around Christmas time is a happy Christmas to those that you're celebrating with. Be that family, be that friends, be that whoever you're with. Any response to that before moving on? No, sounds good. Cool. I mean, yeah, it's convicting. Right to um, take out, so you have to take up the mantle of Christmas, yes. even if you don't feel like it. Yes, uh, sounds right. I don't, I don't know any parents who give gifts with the aim of making their kids unhappy. Correct, but um, you all probably know people like I do that give too many gifts, or their focus is only on the gifts and not on the feeling of being in a family, being together as a family. Sure. Right, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I mean. Okay, mm. there's more. Uh, presents matter and giving good presents mm-hmm. matters, mm-hmm. but it's not the only part of it. If, you know, if you're stressed out, if you're, you know, everyone's crying because the food, you can't get the food ready on time. Um, if there's an unhappiness in the, on the holiday, you haven't celebrated well. You know what I mean? There's something that I like about the fact that if a family, if, a, if parents don't treat their kids well throughout the year, like, but by this, I mean, they give their child whatever the child asks all year long. Yes. That it robs Christmas of meaning Beautiful. for the child. You have led us perfectly into our next and much shorter oh, point. No, it, so just to, again. Crushed it. If I'm, <laughs> you're very proud of this one. Uh, just to put a bow on that. You'll log that one oh. into the book. Nope, this is, these, these are bad puns. To put a bow on that. Uh, I got the W. Noel for me. <laughs> That was actually pretty good. That one was actually pretty good. You didn't like you'll log that away? I like that one. You'll log that. Nobody, you'll log. W and L jokes are very funny to me for some reason. Um, So I I have no reason for it. So just to say, the the summary of that first point is that during Christmas time, uh, we play roles that we don't always want to play and that uh, Christmas is one twelfth of the year. That's the time to play those roles to fulfill that, kind of whether you like it or not. But the goal is that you would eventually enjoy that. You Mm -hmm. will be changed by practicing. That's your point of liturgy. Liturgy is the work of the people. If you practice being hospitable, if you practice um, making food for others, giving gifts, all those things, you'll enjoy them more over time. You're, you will get used to it if it's a part of your life. So first point. Second point, which Graham just led us into, uh, is also from the same chapter. This Meditations on the Crest chap- uh, essay chapter is wonderful. I implore it to you. Christmas was a profound offer to mankind from God when Christ was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, and Christmas is a profound offer from God today. But accepting the offer requires preparation, which is a thought that worries the kind of American Christians who fear Catholicism and like to pretend works righteousness is an actual temptation we face. I love quotes like this. I love quotes like this. What is that preparation that he is talking about there? Oh, the preparation for Christmas? Advent. Are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he'll go into a section on Advent, which is the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, this Oh, we were just talking about this. Simply put, an unqualified glut of pleasure rots the soul. So that's your idea, Graham, of mm-hmm. if things are the same year round, um, people will not look forward to it in the same way. What is y'all's background with Advent? Is this something that you all did growing Zero up? Zero background. Okay. In, we, even, we did not do Advent. Are mm-hmm. you doing anything for Advent this year? 
No. Okay. But the funny thing is I was actually having a conversation with a friend and talking about like, they're talking about how to get excited. I was a student yesterday, yeah. actually, yeah. or two days ago, about how to get excited for Christmas again. And I was like, well, you got to, it, it doesn't have to be just one day. It can be an entire season of merrymaking and you have to come up with new traditions for all these things. <laughs> I forgot that Advent is a thing and there are already That's traditions. So funny. And I could have just said, celebrate Advent. It'll help you out. Did the kids, did the, did the kid point that out? Or was the kid saying that they were Oh, I realized that when you started oh. bringing up Advent. But did, were they coming to you saying they weren't excited or was it? It seemed like the kid had the same outlook I did when I was young yes. that it's corporatized and that's yes. kind of lame and done it a, f- a few times and now I'm a teenager and so the gifts don't mean quite as much to me and sure. you know it's, I like I get it he's he's growing out of the youthful excitement for the holiday yes. and s- seems to be still growing into the adult respect for tradition and the medicinal nature of sure. Christmas and it's yeah that's good if you're not raised on it i just think it's hard to again uh it the worries about it being just mechanical that you're just doing it because you're supposed to i understand those concerns um but as someone who's trying to practice more liturgical um practices it it, it, that's not how it feels to Mm -hmm. anyway to practice advent right as an example um properly preparing our hearts for christmas means giving ourselves spiritual and material reasons for being happier on the 25th than on the 24th I think this is, I, I think this point is 100% spot on. This was, I did a chapel talk on this last year that the way to have a heightened experience of Christmas is to, um, I was going to say enjoy Advent. That's the wrong word for it is to deny yourself something during Advent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, you all talked about, um, you know, like the little chocolate calendars that lead up to Advent. I think those things are fine, but a more traditional practice of Advent would be, fasting right at least a denial what is it uh milk and meat and which are alcohol um, but some kind of fast leading up then to christmas day which is a feast even aj what you just said christmas is 12 days right like it's not christmas is the the two weeks that that come after that day it's not only that one day um yeah have you practiced the thing that you said of having different traditions for each day is that a thing that you do or was that an idea you were no but i'm more into into traditions now as a grown person yep. and so establishing new traditions I'm, I'm certainly like after we finish this podcast i'm going to go and look through all the traditions of advent and see if i should celebrate that and then see if i want to actually add any more kinds of traditions to that for the future your experience will be different than the one he talks about but maybe if this is helpful i hope it is um I, I tested this with my leadership class and maybe you all will consider it also. Uh, Gibbs has a thing where he talks about asking his families if they have, is it just, he's only asking about Christmas traditions. I asked if they had Advent traditions and out of 16, I think two had like a family Advent tradition that might not be a thing that surprises you all. I guess Cam, you, you did growing we did. up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Advent wreath. Mm-hmm. We did the wreath yeah. and we did readings sure. at dinner table. Sure. Um, so from time to time, I ask my students about their private traditions of their family. Many respond exuberantly. They like the idea. But between one third and one half of them tell me their families don't have any Christmas traditions. Um, he goes on to say that he didn't believe them when they said that at first, but ultimately now does because most of them don't have tr- uh, personal family traditions during Christmas time. Um, uh, he will warn against a certain type of tradition, which is one of you all might have talked about this before, that traditions the way we talk about traditions often comes from, we have a pleasant experience. And so we say we should make this a tradition every year. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have one of you all experienced that before? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Amanda teases me because I say that all the time, and she's like, oh. "That's not how tradition." And then works. what happens a year after? We never do it. And why? Why not? Because you can't recreate the same feeling. Because traditions aren't based on feelings; they're based on like, well, they're supposed to be formative, yes. as opposed to just like commemorative. Yes. Because rather, yeah, rather than being formative, you are trying to recreate a positive feeling you had a previous year, and you will never reach the same level. I don't think. So, and if you do. You're lucky, and then you like you have to keep on one upping yourself. Yeah, if if it's all about the feeling rather yeah. than the formation. It, it's because the way yes, if you're trying to get back to we were happy when we did this five years ago, you're trying to go back in time, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to think find a thing in the past and re-experience that, which I don't think is the purpose of Advent primarily. To quote from the same chapter. Um, uh, most traditions which last for centuries either preserve human life, redeem some ancient suffering or celebrate a great triumph over suffering. However, people do not suddenly voluntarily undertake life threatening peril or profound pain, which means that the kind of traditions which last for generations cannot be conjured or created. So the advice ultimately, and this is the the place to get to undertaking a simple ascetic diet during Advent resists the modern impulse to put a pious gloss on the pursuit of a hip retroche online persona that prompts flattering questions from friends. An ascetic Advent diet also stands to become an actual tradition because it will not be abandoned for something more pleasant as it was never pleasant to begin with, (laughs) right? Neither will one become bored with such a diet for it was never exciting to begin with. And so that's a, I think about that of, you know, families should have traditions, right? You should have, how is a Donaldson Christmas different than a Magby Christmas different than a Hamburg Christmas? Um, But if the reason for those traditions is a fun thing that happened five years ago. That's less likely to stand than saying this is not a pleasant experience that we're going to undertake, but would you like a more aesthetic? uh, um, Yes. uh, I could turn your heat off next year. I'm okay. During, during college, (laughs) I I remember this during college, we, we had these, this is, these were our dumb competitions of like how long we could make it without turning the AC on in our apartment Mm. during the summer. Um, And so, yeah, turning, turning the heat off during the summer, I'd be totally for my, wife and child would murder me. Mm. But yes, I, I think there's something to that of some, when I brought up this idea in leadership, one of the kids said that you appreciate the the heat of your house after you've been standing outside in the cold. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the purpose of Advent is to stand in the cold mm. so that the feasting of Christmas uh, means more to you. It's more, um, more real, more whatever. Gotcha. Mm. So that's the, the, just the second point there. This is around Christmas specifically. So AJ, it's similar to the advice that you gave that if you are not particularly excited for Christmas this year, I would recommend to you some type of ascetic practice, some type of denial leading up to the day of Christmas itself. I don't think this is only Christmas advice. If you, if there is anything that you want to ensure that you were excited for denying yourself something to then experience it that day would, um, would make sense. I think food is the obvious example of this, right? Um, uh, feasting should be preceded by fasting. If you want to actually enjoy the food, mm-hmm. hmm. this is, this is my defense of the church calendar that you will enjoy good food more. If it's only during certain times of the year, it's true. more so than experience year round. But so those are the two points there. I just, again, these are two, this is only from one of the like six or seven essays that are in here, but it's a great book. The 25th by Josh Gibbs. Uh, and if you want to, again, if you want to check out some of them that are online to see if they are um, your style, I believe it's in defense of Santa Claus and in defense of George Bailey hmm. are online. So you can read those if you want to check it out. Do you have a tree? Yeah. Yeah. So the, we normally do it the day after Thanksgiving, we go to a Christmas tree farm and we go cut one down. It was raining the two days after. So mm. we went the, the Sunday, but yeah, we go cut down a tree right after Thanksgiving, take that home. Uh, it's, I think it is decorated with the ornaments, but not with the lights. Mm. There's a lot of stuff. Anyway, 
yeah, there's also a Jesse tree that we have. Um, what? It's a Jesse tree. Jesse tree is it's like a little tree where you're putting on ornaments on all the days leading up to Christmas. It's a way of retelling the whole Bible leading up to Christmas. Why is it called mm-hmm. a Jesse tree? Uh, the root of Jesse. Isn't that um, a thing for mm-hmm. It's like he's the line of Jesse. I don't know. Something about trees. I don't know. Checks out. Story checks Thanks. out. Okay. I hope that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's my lame answer right away. But yeah. do you guys do a tree? Um, the thing is we don't. A man and I haven't done a tree since our first year of marriage when it was just the two of us in Amsterdam. Because every year it's been Canada or Dallas, Canada, Dallas, Canada, Dallas, visiting in-laws. We don't have children, and we always travel to go see someone else. We've always rented a place, so no one's come to see us. We were hoping this year we were going to do a tree because we were hoping our house to be done and moved into the the house, but that's not done. Right. Um, And so, um, so we know we haven't done a tree in like 10 years. Um, We haven't really done like our... Are changed our home in ten years. Right now, we're in a like in a rental, super right? short term landing pad while the house finishes, right. and for the next two months or whatever. And yeah, so um, we're kind of hoping that once the house is done, we can sort of ascribe more traditions to that. Sure. But um, yeah, you all, you all have one set up right now. Yes, we do. And growing up, our tradition was always to go out as a family a few weeks before Christmas because we do a live tree and go onto state land and yeah. hunt one down. Like, is it like, okay, if it's on state land, yeah, yeah. is that the difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah you okay. can. Um, why am I paying for one? Wait, hold on. I don't know, man. Find okay. some state land. Go cut one down. I mean, it depends. Like we're in Washington. I don't know if the laws are different down here. And you also don't have a whole lot of pine trees to choose from down They're here. They're just growing. Yeah. That's a good mesquite. Point. Yeah. We, we had fir, we had fir trees up there. So we'd go and you find a fir tree and you find the one that's even on all sides, if you can, and you cut it down and you hide the bad spot in the back and take I'm it sure home. you can just go cut down a cedar. No one's going to be upset because everyone wants to get rid of them. Do you want a cedar tree inside your house? Then? Not? Isn't that? Oh, okay. Smells great. Yeah, rich, really. Pe- rich people pay a lot of money for But who boy, if you get a spark anywhere near that thing, it's going to dry up. That's yeah. true. <laughs> that, yeah, Christmas trees, if they dry out, it's the same thing. Fair right? point. They're just fire hazards. That's exactly right. It's great fun. All right, that is everything that I have. Cool, but, cool. Yeah, 25th, well, Josh Gibbs, it's great. Check uh, it out. Merry Christmas, listeners. Merry Christmas. Um, please go back and listen to other episodes on Christmas. The Santa Claus one was really fun. Can't remember what we did last time around. You mean instead of this one? No, no, no. I'm oh, just saying oh, like just to, to, okay, um, okay. to fill out the re- repertoire because oh, okay. maybe you have time off from work yeah. or whatever. You're home from school and you're you know looking for things to do. You got this one and future uh, past episodes. Um, you can find us at classicalstuff.net or you can patronize us on Patreon under Classical Stuff You Should Know. Um, please drop us a review and some stars on iTunes just because that's fun. And um, you could email us at theguys at classicalstuff.net. And Merry Christmas. We hope that you uh, have a wonderful time celebrating with family or friends or in uh, the way that uh, you normally do. Yeah, Merry Christmas from all, from all of us. Yeah, for sure. I know that I speak for all of us when I say that it's a pleasure to serve you and do podcasts for you. And Don't we speak. hope Don't you talk the- for me. I'm just kidding. You hate everyone? No, I'm um, just saying. Graham feels this way too. It is, a, it is, you know, it's it's an honest Merry Christmas from us. That's right. You have that a is great Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas. And this is us signing off. Oh, and one last thing. If you're looking for something fun to listen to, if you go to our website, if mm. you've never been there, click on our Easter egg. If, right. if you find the word episode on our front page, you'll notice that ODE is underlined. Do yourself a favor and click on that for That's a little like bit of Christmas fun. It's five years old. It's like five years old. Yeah. It feels that way. Yeah. All right. But it's a Christmas song. It, it is, is a Christmas yeah. song. Bye. Bye. Bye.